I'm sick of people giving me looks when I show up to work 15 minutes late. That is the perfect example of homophobia at its finest. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast coming to you live on Digital Stream Radio, where you can access that live stream every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can do so by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm in the studio with my great friends, starting with the first one. Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish. And Jay Bear. A.K.A. your boyfriend's boyfriend. And he's wearing his bear colors today. Yep. Uh, and welcome you all. We've got a great um, show for you, a good dish. And uh, there's a lot that has happened in the past week and a half. We were off last week because it was Thanksgiving week and we all had to go our perspective ways to be with family and friends. Um, but nonetheless, we're back. Um, you know, monkeypox got a new name, um, marriage equality, um, you know, apparently is going to be a thing, um, from the perspective of law in in the U S at, at the federal level, but we've got all of that coming up later on right now. I just want to, you know, catch up with my boys and see what you've all been up to, how your holidays were. So why don't we, um, start with you, Jay. Oh boy. Jay, (laughs) Jay. (laughs) um holidays were nice you know we we hosted um we did potluck style thanksgiving this year okay um we just weren't gonna cook everything this year it it becomes quite a it's a lot it's a it's overwhelming especially you know large families right right so um i i all i did was i i fried the turkey because that's deep fried thing yep Mm -hmm. um Amazing. I love it. It's- so you f- do you find that having a fried turkey versus a turkey cooked in the oven is better? Yes. Why? It's juicier. Uh-huh. Crunchy skin. Ooh. Yummy. Um, and it's cooked a lot quicker. Uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Really? Turkey's done. Wow. Yes. Really? Have you ever had it like overfill, like overspill? No, no. That Well, that's, that's a very, yeah. Inside? <laughs> it doesn't happen often, no. Okay. No, so uh, the common mistake people do is that they kind of just fill, fill the, the uh, fryer with oil without pre-measuring. So technically the trick to that, uh, mm-hmm. if you've ever want to try frying a turkey, you buy the kit, you put the turkey in before you season it or anything, right? Put it into the into the fryer, fill it up with water mm-hmm. till it covers the tip of the turkey, the top of the turkey. The tip the of the tip. Yeah. That's and a then tip. once once it's full, you get about half an inch, quarter inch of, of oil of water over the turkey, pull the turkey out, let it drip, you know, let it drain. And then whatever level of water you have left is what you refill with oil. So you're recommending that we pull out. Pull out. Okay, that's important. Pull it out. Okay. <laughs> Pull it out. Let it drip. <laughs> so, so forty five. Forty five minutes fried turkey. So it's you know wait till the till so everything's pretty much ready, and people show up and I four o'clock I threw it in the fryer. Five o'clock we were eating turkey. Wow, nice. So it, it, yeah, it's a, it beats having to sit around for four or five hours. So was it a big affair? Did you have a lot of people? Um, like my my in laws came, so my brother in law, mother in law, sister in law and, and, and niece. Mm-hmm. Uh my sister, her husband, my little brother, uh, and then the girls at home. Uh, except for my eldest because the baby came down with the flu. Um actually no, she had cancelled originally <laughs> And then they showed up last minute because the baby had gotten over. He had been on medications for a few days. Right. So they showed up kind of late, but we had a full house. I well, picked then. up mom, you know. So And mom's doing good. Mom was doing good. She she's she doesn't do good with, with big crowds. She doesn't remember everybody, so she right. kinda like sits idle in a corner. Right. So I kinda spend most of the time with her just kinda hanging out and talking to her to keep her yeah. busy. Keep her busy and yeah. going. Which is important. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't remember everybody that walked, even people that live at home that she sees all the time. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Like she kept asking who was who. So she doesn't quite mingle as much, you know? But um, she had a good time. She ate. Oh my God. She ate. Didn't we all? Oh my God. It's insane. I, I couldn't eat as much as my. I'm still bloated. <laughs> yeah, my, my yeah. mom. Yeah, my mom picked on everything she saw that she. 
And I was like, don't eat that. That has that has pique, you know, because she's allergic to spices. So like hot sauce, pepper, stuff okay. like that. She's allergic to that. Typical, typical, typical Puerto Rican woman, though. She just, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try a little bit yeah, of this. Yeah. I'm going to try a little bit of that. Yeah. So we had, you know, charcuterie boards and, and cupcakes and Roxanne baked um, pumpkin pu- cupcakes and cookies. And so she kept. And I'm like, mom, dinner's gonna be served like in an hour. So yeah. she's like, I'm okay. And she just did you tell her what away. I told you to tell you about what she she sent over? Oh, Roxanne, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. That, well, that was the squash, right? Yeah, the, with the, the apricot squash with the Italian oh, sausage. It was and so cheese. good. She uh, made it. <laughs> it was delicious. So thank you, baby girl. Yeah. It was delicious. I ate it. I enjoyed it. It was fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she she can cook. She can cook. Yeah, that little girl can throw it down. Yeah. So. Good. All I all I tended to was the turkey, which was I'm always fine with that. Which <laughs> made it so much easier. Right, yeah, yeah. I agree. What about you, Trish? I, I mean, mean, it's a, it's a mix of emotions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was good. I mean, it was probably one of the first Thanksgivings where we didn't fight as a family. Like there were no like arguments, arguments <laughs> yeah. or anything. But it was tough because it was the first without my grandpa. Right. Um, and we did the services on Tuesday, and uh, I mean, overall, it was it was good. I traveled to Florida. Um, well, yeah, I, I, but I think it, it was great because you had you had the, the majority of the 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 not the extended but the immediate family there. You were there. Your sister were there. Your brother was there. Mm-hmm. Demi, little Demi goddess, yeah. was there. Um, mommy was there, and then yep. mom and dad, of course. So, I mean, you you had a significant sized. Uh, yeah, I thought they weren't gonna make it. Originally, I thought right? she wasn't gonna yeah. go. And, and but but she so ended up going. Change of plans last minute. Right. I don't want to talk about it. Demi had her <laughs> there was first plenty flight. of drama leading up, up to, to it. the travel. But <laughs> right. Demi had her first flight. How she did, did she do? She was great. She was adorable. Um, uh, I held her for a bit. Uh, we kind of just kind of kept passing her back and forth, and then me and Demi, I think, passed out at about the same time and took our nap. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's important, you know. But yeah, no. Gunkle and, and and niece mm-hmm. taking naps. That's huge. Yeah, she was important. great. No, it was it was nice. Plus, you worked time. the night before, so you were exhausted. Oh yeah, no, I slept for two hours, so. two and a half hours maybe. Yeah, yeah. So proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, and so I got to the airport before them. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How is that even possible? Well, I mean, and, you know, so, yeah, that's awesome, though. I mean, I'm glad that everyone was able to get together and, and give Grandpa a really good send off and mm-hmm. also take an opportunity to have Thanksgiving together. When was the last time your brother and your sister, who happened to be twins, were together for uh, oh my God. It a Thanksgiving? Was, uh before... Before Chris and Lindsay got engaged, it's been a while. Right, it's been a long time. So it, it must have been nice to have everybody in the same room. Yeah, we did. We played this game, and um, we we're not a game family, you know, where you play like Scrabble or poker or whatever together. But we played this game where it was like you posed a random question and you pulled it, kind of like Cards Against Humanity, but like not really. Yeah. But anyway, one of the questions was like, what what would you um, if you could change anything about yourself and have a quality from a sibling, what would it be? And my brother made both me and my sister cry. I was like, who are you? Aww. <laughs> it's amazing what fatherhood will do to you. Here like, I am. I'm like, I'll take Amanda's uh, looks and Chris's fiscal responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, you are all beautiful humans. Mm. That must be said. Including your sister, including you, and including your brother. Just saying that. Um, but what was it that he said? You know, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Give us a synopsis of, of what it was, you know, something along the lines of. Must have been uh, really pretty. I mean, if y'all choked up and started crying, it's he, got to be. He basically said that, for me at least, it was something along the lines of. Um, how much I've embraced who I am and how I'm comfortable with myself and how I can share that with the family um, so freely now. Um, And I think that's something that he struggles with because he has anxiety and stuff like that. Um, So it was just a really powerful like moment. And then I don't exactly remember what he said about my sister, 
But then we also went around um, and talked about one thing from your childhood. Maybe I'll post this question and then I'll tell you what I answered. But okay. Um, so we said the question was like, what what is one thing from your childhood um, that you wish you had more control over or could change? Hmm. Why don't you go first? That's a load. Of, that's a bit that, of a load. That's of a load of potato. Yeah. yeah. Um, shit. Hmm. <laughs> that I could change. I I think I I would would have liked to take more risks, uh, risks or or step up to more challenges as a as a younger person. Being that I was the youngest of the boys, I was babied a lot, mm-hmm. right? So, right. so mom would would restrict a lot of stuff. Um, now coming, yeah, coming with a parent that had severe PTSD because of her family, my mom would not do a lot of events. Uh, no birthdays, no parties, no fiestas. Right. We we wouldn't do any of that with the family, immediate family, or otherwise. My mom was like very protective, so. I grew up with a lot of anxieties as as a child, you know, just like people would invite me places, even as a teenager, you know, when you go out and hang out and, and, and a lot of times I would say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. And then I'd be at home dressed up, ready to go. And I'd just take my clothes off and go back to bed. Yeah. So either you know? you're, you're hiding it well, <laughs> yeah. or you must have worked on this a lot because you're not that person. Exactly. So I, I, I mean, it took me moving out on my own. You can't. To, we to can't kinda. keep you out of places. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like sometimes invites himself now. Yeah, like, yeah. he just shows I'm up. Celebrate. I'm yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. So what are you celebrating? Yeah. I, life. Yeah. Life. <laughs> I mean, and and I think that's why I'm the way I am now. Right. Because as you know, as a younger kid, I was my anxiety and 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 it was more my mom being overprotective. Right. So you kind of start carrying that. You know. Even as an adult, there's sometimes that I'm like, I'll get dressed. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go have a couple of beers. And then I'll be dressed, ready to go. And I'll sit down and start, you know, unknowingly start watching something on TV. Next thing you know, it's four hours later, it's one in the morning. Right. I'm not going anywhere. But I think subconsciously, it's still kind of like that, that anxiety sometimes. Right. So, well, I'll tell you one thing though. I mean, if if you haven't worked on it, yeah. you're hiding it well because when <laughs> no, you yeah, are in public years, spaces yeah, yeah. or when you are amongst friends, it's like yeah, one really, would never know that yeah, that was an issue. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it took a lot for me to to learn how to get out of that, you know. And I think as an adult, being that I studied psychology and I went to school for that, I kind of figured a lot of myself out. During right. my courses, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, so you literally me, psychoanalyzed yourself. Oh, like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't, <right>? Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. So me and my wife would, you know, go back and forth, and we're like, okay. So we kind of worked out a lot of stuff, you know, that that social anxieties that I didn't realize that I had as a kid. Right. You know, now as an adult, I'm like, oh shit, you know that. All the time, kids my age were like, "Hey, we're going to the city. We're going to go to this club. They're going to get us in." And and I did once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of the times, like I wouldn't make it past out the front door. Right. You know. So, and that's the one thing that I kind of regret because I I think I would have uh, experienced a lot more. It would have been a little bit more, um, I guess, not so uh, uh, afraid to do shit. Right. You know. See, I think I, I think in a sense. I, I had the same experience in the sense that my mother was also very protective, but my mother was also very not protective in the sense because that's who she was is because she knew I was different. Yeah. And while my mother always embraced who I was, regardless of what age I could have been five or 12, mm-hmm. she would have never said to me that, you know, I love you as a gay boy at five, but she always called me special and she protected me and she didn't let me do certain things or go on a bike. For example, like my little brother had a bike. My older brother had a bike. I couldn't own the bike. I wasn't allowed on a bicycle. Well, that kind of makes sense. I get it. And (laughs) so for me, it was like, she was coming from a place of, I need to make sure that this, that my baby is protected because people are going to, um, attack my child. And, his life is going to be difficult. And when she did that, what that forced on me was for me to rebel, for me to just push back and say, I'm still going to be me. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to push back and I'm still going to be open, vocal in your face. No, you know, 
no permissions needed. And since I was a very young child, I was always very independent because of that. So it's, it's, it's almost like a, like a catch 22. It was negative in the sense that she didn't let me do anything. And I was really like restricted in what I could do. But then it also pushed me as a human to just say, fuck it. I I don't need no one's validation, no one's permission to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And it it made me the person who I am today. So I'm grateful. And I'm also resentful in in the same breath, if that's even possible. Same thing. Yeah. But it's like, you know, she she's a, a remarkable, incredible woman, and you know she did well with the little bit that she had. Yeah, single Latina moms, you right? Know? My, and my mom raised eight eight kids on her own. So it wasn't you know, it wasn't easy. She she wasn't single. She wasn't a single Latina. She she had my mother. My mother, you know, she. There's no shame in the fact that she had several relationships, even while she had her children. But one thing I will tell you, one of those men any of them ever fucked with us it was done that's yeah, it yeah yeah my mother got married and divorced in a week because of her what her at the time husband did to us when he finally got married and not walked her. up in the house and said i'm the man of the house my mother said uh uh-uh, i got three boys and they were here before you and while i do expect that you will help me co-parent my children you are not going to terrorize my children into thinking that they have to respect you because you're the man of the house yeah. this is their house right. remember that mm-hmm. and within a week he was gone that bitch <laughs> he was gone yeah yeah he walked in one day and took the cable box you remember the cable boxes that we used to have <laughs> yes. back in the days with the three lines of buttons and uh-huh. a little wheel on the side <laughs> yeah. so if you wanted to go to the top layer you got to pop the wheel up this yeah. was cable vision at the cable time vision. and you would click on the buttons so i was watching ducktales and he walks in it was 3 30 p.m i was just done with school i always ran home to watch ducktales is one of my favorite cartoons as a child and he walks in and snatches the box out of me and says i'm the man of the house and i'm gonna watch what i want to watch oh brother that did not go well so (laughs) that fucking box had a very long cord I mean, nothing was wireless back then. It had to be like at least a 50-foot cord so that you can go anywhere and sit and be able to change your channels. Also, you were stealing from the neighbor. No. (laughs) That was the quote-unquote remote for the box. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so when mom got home and I had told her what happened, she started throwing that thing at him. And then she would throw it and coil it back and throw it again and coil it back. It was like a fucking boomerang on a string. It was life. Um, yeah, needless to say, he was gone. But that's that's where I. Yeah. So what I said was <laughs> probably not as as involved as us. No, actually, not really. But no, what I said was I wish I didn't um, let my anger take hold of me um, as a younger kid because it took a lot away from me it took a lot from my high school education and when i say edu- um, anger i mean i manifested my anger out of the fact that i felt like i couldn't be myself around my family and tell yeah. them who i was right um and it was interesting to see everybody's reaction because my dad started tearing up my mom started tearing up my sister was like that's fair you know, <laughs> yeah, you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like yeah. And it's it's it was it was like a weird weird experience to like be in a space with my family and share these truths. I mean, there was one question that was like, um, "What was the hardest thing you went through as, as an adolescent?" You know what I mean? And we all had to answer it. And some shit that you learn about your parents yeah. or your siblings and the things that they hear about you is like. And people were like, it felt like everybody around the table. Were, was being really honest. Um, right. And I think that might've just been, we were like very steeped in, um, you know, emotion right. yeah. in the yeah. moment. I mean, y- you just celebrated the life of your grandfather. Yeah. And so you may have been in a very, very vulnerable space to mm-hmm. share mm-hmm. things that ordinarily in a more non emotional environment, yeah. you would, you wouldn't share. There was this, it was funny, yeah, yeah, funny though. Absolutely. One time my dad like, was like, fuck that shit. And got up and walked away. This is, you're lying. This is bullshit. So one time I got in trouble as a kid and we had a car, uh, the three of us. And I don't know what I did. I can't remember what I did, but my dad took the battery out of the car 
because I wasn't allowed to drive. So I go to the car. He didn't take the keys away. He just took the battery out. Because he's vindictive like that. And I went and I so started I would it. Do. I started it. Nothing happened. So I went in the garage and I found the battery or what I thought was the battery. I put oh, it God. in the car. I installed it. I jumped it. I drove my ass to Danbury. <laughs> and come to realize I jumped a dead battery. Oh, boy. So I was dead in Danbury. And I had to call my dad. <laughs> Oh, he took my out the, God. And he just called me an asshole and hung up the phone. Let alone, he came pick me up, and he's like, I don't remember that. I'm like, you did it. He's like, no, I didn't. This is bullshit. I was not that mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so you took the dead battery. Somehow, it managed to turn on the car. So I jumped a dead battery. Well, so he jumped it. Yeah. So you jumped and it. And it started the car, and it ran while the car was running, yeah. but then it wouldn't start up again. Yeah. <laughs> well, that oh, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. it just it's like our lives. Yeah, right, but. like they need a jump start, and then they just. <laughs> I didn't do that. Yeah, Dad, yeah. you did. Yeah. You did. <laughs> the next day, he was like, "Did I really do that?" I'm like, "Yeah." Well, what did I say when you called me? You were. I'm like, you called me an asshole and hung up the phone, and then you came to get me. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he was angry. He got his anger out verbally, and then he still went and was a dad and picked you up. Of course. We don't see it that way when we're yet that young, though. No. Right? We're like, that motherfucker oh my took God. my battery out the car. He's That's it, that fucking <laughs> asshole, right? What That's was the it? first thing you think. What was in Danbury, if I may ask? I think I was working at J. Crew at the time. Oh, uh, that make, that makes sense. Yeah, because I think I drove to work. She was a twink back then. Yeah, yeah. She's still twinkish. Yeah, I'm a filled with cream, but twa- yes, twinkish, twinkish. It's got heavy cream in there. Yeah. yeah. I love you. <laughs> well, there could be a lot of reasons why we're filled with heavy cream. I'm sure I mean, I we were all twink at one point in our lives. I can, I can tell you stories from my last week, but we don't want to go there. Um, yeah, she's been pinned and it wasn't the solar guy. It wasn't no, no solar. No. Who's this guy? A landscaper? You never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> I have been on a roll for the past four weeks. Well, That's all I have you. to say. It's just like, I don't know. I don't feel any sexier than I did. You're six putting months out pheromones. Ago. I don't know what it is. I'm putting out something. Putting and it's, it's, yeah. it's working. And I'm okay with it. Fuck me vibes. No. Yeah, it's like, Fuck me vibes. Destroy me vibes. Never mind. Just F me vibes. No, um, like you, you know, we, I got together with my, with my, I went to my mom's house. She cooked so much food. Like, woman, what are you doing? There was nine of us. That's it. At, 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 the, at the evening, at the, at the height of the evening, there was nine of us. We've got turkey, ham, pork shoulder, rice, potato salad, this salad, that salad. And then we played dominoes and we were hanging around and we were talking, you know, and, and telling stories. And, you know, and then it's like all of a sudden people just say, okay, got to go. And so we all just left. By le- I was home by 11. I had been in my mom's house since 3 p.m. I was like, Mom, I'm exhausted. I got to go to bed. And I was off all of last week. And my sister made a bread pudding. Oh, my God. And she brought it in, and I put it in the fridge, and I never took it out. So I've been eating bread pudding for like two weeks. (laughs) nasty. Because nobody else at home eats it. So. Oh, I'm so fat. (laughs) So so I think overall, Thanksgiving was a success for most of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was. I think we did we did things that ordinarily we wouldn't do, and I think it's because of these situations and uh, the circumstances, which made it kind of unique, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And was- I think that you won't forget the fact that you had your three siblings like spilling their guts out, making you cry, like all three of you were there and me, me and, my and sister, sharing. Me and my sister, the d- the day b- he was leaving, Chris was leaving. Um, he came out, and we have a half sister, and he came out of the bathroom and was like they were leaving so early so it was like maybe 7 30 in the morning but the baby was there and i wanted to say goodbye so i'm up having coffee and he just like walks out and he's like did anyone call jamie and i was like oh well i of course i did you know i gave her a call um why wasn't she here i'm like who the fuck are you well thinking uh, of other people like what <laughs> what happened this week <laughs> well i mean again fatherhood may have changed may have changed them you know you I, see the world and with different eyes when you have you're responsible for something you created yes i think it's different too for chris because he hasn't had you know a lot of 
loss in his life that was so near and dear. Right. Um, I, besides my grandma and my grandfather, I think this is like the second one. And I think it, it was one of those like eye opening. Holy, Holy fuck. But also your brother is seeing, um, emotions. He's experiencing emotions and seeing life with different eyes because your brother's been sober. True. Right. True. And so, you know, it, it's but a whole always, different world and experience I, for him. I did have to force him. I, I forced a gummy on him at one point. I was like, you need to calm the fuck down. Because <laughs> he, he still smokes pot, which yeah. is fine. But like, I was like, you just need to do this because you're freaking everybody out right now. <laughs> you got to breathe. You got to breathe. That was the first day. Well, no, well, that's hey. good. Well, awesome. Uh, that makes me very happy because, again, you know, it's. It's it's tough, right, when you have to, especially for members of our community, when you have to go into spaces and in where sometimes they may not be safe, right? Correct. You may still have to be forced to participate and be in a room with people who have either abused you or are part of the systemic problem of people treating members of our community in a way that is not, you know, yeah. they shouldn't be, right? And. I, I'm very fortunate that, you know, my family is very accepting. You're very fortunate that you have gotten and worked through a lot of issues over the decades. And, you know, you're to the point where you are and your family. I mean, it can't get any more open than that. Yeah. I mean, it's like the turkey yeah. going hallelujah, right? Without stuffing. Without, the- Without stuffing. Like yeah. a big gaping hole. I said, when, so when I got into the car, when my dad picked me up at the airport and I got into the car, he said, are you guys doing all right? I was like, yeah, we're doing okay, Chris. Whatever. And I was like, you know, my biggest concern right now is I have no allies in this family anymore. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, y'all watch Fox. No one else watched MSNBC but Grandpa. What am I going to do? <laughs> he was the only Democrat left. <laughs> Is he, was he really? He was. Oh. Yeah, he was. Wow. So. Well, Grandpa, may you rest in peace. I can imagine he was an amazing person. Yeah, he was great. Um, I didn't have that relationship with my grandpa. My grandpa would scare the fuck out of me, honestly. Like my father's father. Oh. Like oh. as a child, when we would do rambunctious things, you know, like kids would do, you would run in the backyard and he wanted you to stay still. He would take out his little pocket knife and be like, if you don't stop, I'm going to cut your pee pee off. <laughs> and I would run scared and tell my grandmother and she would come down and get into an argument with him. Why are you scaring my, my baby? Right. And my grandmother was another one. My father's mother yeah. that was also very sh- sheltering in the yeah, sense yeah. of, you know, mother that's, hen. that's yeah. my special baby. Yeah. Don't Both tell, of my don't grandmothers tell, did yeah. that to me. Oh, I remember um, my, my oldest grand, well, my oldest, my mother's mother would not allow men to wear earrings in her presence. And I was the only one that could walk in her house with earrings on. And then one day I walked in and I had no shirt on because it, it was Puerto Rico. It's hot as fuck. Mm-hmm. And she saw my nipple rings and <laughs> oh she walked over and she reached for them. And she goes like this. So she goes like, what is this? And I'm like, grandmother rings. And she goes like, oh, okay. Well, those don't, aren't those things going to give you cancer? Like that's <laughs> that was her thing, and then she goes like, "Put a shirt on. I don't want to see those." And but she would never. She ripped earrings off my brother's ear. She would not allow men to wear earrings in her presence. She said that earrings were for, for women. For women, that was that age they grew up in. Yeah. And however, my brother was mad because I could you know walk in wearing a shitload of earrings and and piercings everywhere, and she was fine. Because I was her special baby. I was her special boy. <laughs> so I knew, I knew that both my grand, my grandmothers knew, obviously, and my mother. And it, and I realized that they knew because of the way they coddled me and they protected me. Yep. yep. Um, and I, I guess I, I, I should count myself fortunate. But Absolutely. also, it's, it's a hindrance when you do that to kids. You don't allow them to you know, expand their horizons and, and be brave and, and grow, have to and, yeah. grow on their own. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Wow. All right. Well, that was a great conversation. First half. Thank you for the questions, Miss Trish. Yeah. That's fabulous. (laughs) So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into some dish. We've got a really heavy, you know, we've got some stories we need to cover um, things that are happening uh, in today's news. And uh, we'll get to those as soon as we come back. So we'll be right back. 
All right, we are back from our break. Thank you so much for letting us uh, take an opportunity to refresh our our refreshments and all that good stuff. And now we're going to jump into the dish. Uh, That was an amazing first half, talking about our experiences over Thanksgiving. And um, there's a lot going on. Um, So I'm going to toss it over to Trish first, because Trish, you have a story uh, regarding blood that I need you to talk about a little bit, because I think that's important to mention. Although I'm still not happy we should mention that. So um, over to you. Yeah. So it's funny that this pops up because when I was flying down to Florida, I don't know how it came up, but my brother didn't know that gay men couldn't donate blood if they weren't celibate for, I said six months, but it's, it's three. Right. Um, but he didn't know. And then all of a sudden I'm looking and today this popped up mm-hmm. where they're kind of talking about reevaluating. So, it's not great, but it's, I it's guess, a better. step. It's a step in the right direction. Um, so instead, the FDA is talking about instead of doing um, abstinence for three months, you can donate blood as a gay male if you're in a monogamous relationship. Right. And to me, that that's still stupid because um, individuals who are single on the on the you know our, our straight counterparts can walk into a blood donation center and donate blood without any question right and at the same time too like i'm sorry my glasses are all foggy um at the same time like y- you can be in a relationship and call it monogamous but how right. many people do we know that aren't really monogamous. Right. But, but that's really, I mean, that's really not the point. The point, obviously you can lie. Right. But the point is why do we still have restrictions on the community period? If we can save a life, regardless of how many people we slept with, you're still screening that blood. Mm -hmm. You screen it excessively for different things. Um, And so it really doesn't matter whether I, as a single person and monogamous or not, if I want to donate blood to potentially save a life, I should be able to. My company has blood drives all the time. And there was a whole group of men that were in the elevator one day. And I was in the top floor and I jumped into the elevator with them on my way down, I noticed they had all donated blood and they asked me, Oh, are you going to donate blood today? And I said, unfortunately I can't. And they looked at me and perplexed and they're like, why? I said, because I'm a homo. Yeah. And the (laughs) elevator doors just opened opened gracefully and I just walked out and just kept walking. And that must've taken them aback. Right. Because they don't know. They don't know. It's bullshit. I mean, again, it's great news because it's a step in the right direction, but still, it's but fucked is up. Is it, though? I don't think it is. Because, I mean, we have... So, if you're not in a monogamous relationship, and how do you prove that? Right. Unless you're married. Right. Right. But even if you're married, how do you prove that? Right. You have to be celibate for three months, so... I can't even give. You definitely can't give. No. You can't give. <laughs> I could give. I can walk in tomorrow and be like, you know, I could be... I'm not gay. But the thing is, I don't is, know what like, you're talking about. What? I can I can literally put myself in the closet again just to give blood and potentially save somebody's life. Yeah. While I understand, but why do that, right? Yeah. Right. But while what? I understand that during the the you know HIV epidemic, <clears throat> that's when this all like it stemmed from that. That's when the rules went into place. But at the same time, screening wasn't as great back then. People were afraid. They didn't understand it as well. But now, like even if you are a heterosexual male or female, your blood is screened. Right. It doesn't matter who you are, what your your sexual orientation is, what your affiliation is, as far as religion goes, you know, if you donate blood, the blood gets screened regardless. Right. What is the need for this? It's just bullshit, really. Yeah. 100%. I mean, we've had marriage equality in this country since 2015 nationwide. This is bullshit. It should have been gone then. Yeah. Right. If we're talking about, you know, you don't want to discriminate on the well, basis of sex, I, sexual orientation, race. I think you have to look at who's, race. who's still in charge. Right. right? And, and, and who's still deci- making those decisions. Right. Let's be honest. I mean, look at who's in charge. And those are the people that make those decisions. And if they're in tuned, you know, with, with everything that's going on, they should know that at this point, 
everybody gets screened regardless. Right. I mean, the, you can't you can't just say, you know, this group is at a higher risk. Technically, no. Not, not anymore. I, I, I yeah, mean, I know hetero couples that are even more promiscuous than than quote unquote the the LGBT community because that's the main thing. You know, they're the promiscuous. They don't. They're always having sex randomly. Yeah, right. well, a well, lot outside, of straight people do. <laughs> yeah, and outside that too, like heterosexual individuals that are having promiscuous sex in a non-committed relationship, the the rates of HIV and or STDs in general are rising in that community as well. Like yes. it's not just our community. Right. Exactly. And they can still walk in and donate blood. No questions asked. Yeah. They don't have to answer that question. Right. It's like, yeah. or maybe they do, but Oh, I'm straight. So this doesn't apply to me. If you had COVID, you can't get blood. It's like, well, okay, well, really? how, how do you? No, I'm just saying, like, it was a pandemic. It was an epidemic. Right. Right. So, but it affected our community. Right. Now, like, let's flip the tide. Right. I think it's time for, for I believe it's the FDA that regulates mm-hmm. this, for, for it to be gone. It, it is not necessary in today's world. It's 2022. We're about to go into 20 motherfucking three. Yeah. We don't need this shit. Yeah. We don't need it. You know, it's, it's a violation of our civil rights when it comes to making decisions that impact um, large quantities of, of the population because you're basing something on sexual orientation or sex or someone's, you know. Um, and when there's like a, like a worldwide crisis and they're calling for blood, we just kind of sit back. Like right. We, we can't. We have and like, to. It's not okay to say, well... All right, I'm not going to have sex for three months just in case something happens. Right, like, I, I got railed last week. I'm like, I can't <laughs> donate blood for three months. For three months, yeah. Well, three times, so multiply that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's sad. It's sad that this is where we're at. And again, you know, we passed marriage equality. Well, we didn't pass marriage equality. The Supreme Court decided that marriage equality was going to be a thing in the U.S. nationwide in 2015. Why do we still have this on the books? There's no need for that. Absolutely no need. And speaking of marriage equality, good segue into that. Um, the Senate. Uh, yesterday or Tuesday, what well, today's Wednesday, Tuesday, yesterday, um, took a vote, finally took an official vote on the Respective Marriage Act, which would codify on the federal level uh, protections for same-sex marriages. But there's some some issues with how the law is written, and I'm sitting very uneasy on it because with this law in place, the only thing that protects everyone equally in the 50 states is the fact that we still have that Supreme Court ruling in Obergefell versus Hodge that is basically saying every state needs to issue marriage licenses and every state needs to um, provide them, right? And you can't discriminate uh, against someone because they want to get married. Uh, But with this new law, in order for, for that protection to stand, Obergefell versus Hodge needs to also stand, at the Supreme Court level. Yeah, well, I think that's probably because they needed they needed to get the votes from certain Republicans. You know what I mean? So if they were to take that off the table in general, because we all know it's probably going to be put up to the Supreme Court at some point soon. Right, somebody's going to challenge, you know, a Burgerfell versus Hodge, and things are going to get a little shaky, and they might end up, you know, overturning that decision. And then we will have to rely on this new law, which eventually will become law. So the Senate took a vote. Uh, 13 Republicans signed on uh, to, to pass, make this law official in the Senate. However, now it needs to go back to the House, who passed it in July, so that they can reconcile the bills and make sure that they have the same language before they send it over to President Biden to sign into law and make it an official law on the books. However, it doesn't protect everyone, right? Because, as we just stated, if Obergefell versus Hodge falls, we have some issues, And I wanted to, what I'm showing you guys in the video version of our show is the language that's actually in the, um, in the bill, right? So it says that for the purposes of any federal law, rule, or regulation in which marital, marital status is a factor, an individual shall be considered married if that individual's marriage is valid in the state where the marriage was entered into or in the case of a marriage entered into outside 
any state if the marriage is valid in the place where it was entered into and the marriage could have been entered into in that state by law. In section B, it says, in this section, the term state means a state or district of Colombia, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, or any other territory or possession in the United States. And then section C, for the purposes of subsection A, in determining whether a marriage is valid in a state or place where entered into, if outside of any state, only the law of the jurisdiction applicable at the time of marriage was entered into may be considered. What does that mean? And I, I wanted to break that down for everyone. So if Obergefell versus Hodge gets overturned, what this means that any marriage that occurred in any of the 50 states between July 27th of 2015 until the overturn of Obergefell versus Hodge is considered valid in all 50 states. Any state that does not have marriage equality codified into law or constitutionally codified can now start rejecting new marriage licenses and telling people, no, we're not going to issue you a marriage license in that state. Those states that have constitutionally protected marriage equality or have a law in place that says marriage equality is legal will continue to offer marriage licenses. That also means And I'll use Texas as an example, because Texas is one of those states that doesn't have it codified into law. And the only reason why they issue it is because of what the Supreme Court ruled Mm -hmm. in 2015. If you live in Texas and tomorrow they overturn Obergefell versus Hodge, you as a citizen of Texas cannot request a marriage license for a same sex couple as a same sex couple. Correct. But no, because you can request it. They can deny it. They will deny it because they don't as no, a state that, as a state. That's not necessarily true. It is. But let me explain. As a state that does not have it codified into their law or constitution, they can deny you the marriage license. Can, yeah. They can and they will. And federally it is allowed based on the language in this that we're discussing right now. What happens is then a person who lives in Texas, if they truly want to get married to their partner, will have to travel to a state where marriage equality is legal, get married, and then the law says, the federal law says, that they, the state will have to recognize a marriage that occurred in another state in where it was legal. Right. And in that, some states you can't do that, though. Which states? In certain states you can't just drive in and get a marriage license like you it's a process like you either have to live there or apply for it far in advance when marriage equality was was a thing in california connecticut massachusetts were one of the first three states to codify and make marriage equality legal people came from all over the u.s to get married it wasn't necessarily recognized in the state that they lived in at that point but now the federal law says if you get married in a state that recognizes marriage equality that where it's legal either by law or because they codified it into into their constitution, the state in which you live in has to recognize that marriage. Uh, From a federal perspective, they can't deny. So so there are still protections built in. There are still protections built in, but you have to jump through hoops, much like people right now um, with, with abortion. If your state does not support abortion rights, you have to travel to a state. You have to elope and then go home and have your party. Right. And, and, I just think it's there's so much left on the table with this law. While I agree 100%, I would rather it be codified at the federal level. Which it is. And then have to fight individual states than losing the federal you know, law, losing the opportunity to codify it at the federal level. Right. Oh, th- this is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is good news because it's a step in the right direction, but it doesn't protect all citizens. Right. So it's like every step we take, it's like, oh, but. But you're going to have to jump through these hoops. Like yeah. you're a circus poodle on fire jumping through hoops. Yeah. Here we go again. Again, but this could be a mute point if we never get a challenge to Obergefell versus Hodge, right? Because if if it's upheld at the Supreme Court and now we have this federal law in place, then we're good. Every single state will still continue to operate like they do today. They will be required to issue marriage licenses in all 50 states, regardless of what laws you have on your books. Um, and then, of course, you know, they, they made some changes to um, DOMA. 
the Defense of Marriage Act, for all intents and purposes, has been officially repealed. It was removed from the um, from the section of the law that indicated that marriage at a federal level was between a man and a woman. That's gone. Um, there's a lot of really good wording in here, but this is concerning because it just means that we still have second-class citizens sitting in states if Obergefell versus Hodge goes. We have a lot of people in states that are going to suffer as a result of this. So it's it's... Oh, it just irritates the fuck out of me. Yeah. Well, I hear you. I she hears me. I, I don't know. I I just I I, I see Nick's I, point on I, this. I, where where definite. I mean, on the federal level, kind of is significant. It's huge, <laughs> which is huge. But you know, state by state, I also see that because right. I mean, you have the rest states that are definitely not right. gonna. Like you know, for example, where was Waffle House came from? Kentucky? Yeah. I think, she was from yeah, Kentucky. So yeah. Kentucky probably is one of those states that doesn't have it codified into law. Correct. Or have or, it on their constitution that marriage equality is legal, which means that if that fucking C woman <laughs> goes back and reapplies for her job and gets elected as a town clerk again, she can start denying marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Yes. Something she got a huge fine for in the beginning of all of this, you know, Ruling in the first place in 2015. Yeah, I mean, it, sh- it should be across the board, period. And it's it's vindication for people like that yeah. that piss me off, right? It's like saying, I have, I still have the power to say no. Mm-hmm. Because my religious beliefs say no. It's frustrating. Yeah. Your religious beliefs shouldn't have anything to do with your job. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, and it's a tough cookie. Um... Yeah, I was reading this bill and I was like, what the fuck? I mean, this is great, but what the fuck? But, like, the, all, that's all that kept coming out of my mouth. It's like, what the fuck? But at the same time, like, the federal. So any state that doesn't have marriage right, equality so wanting like, to recognize. The federal recognize... government cannot force a state to change their laws and or constitutions. They can't. They can't, but at a federal level. They have uh, protections in place where someone can't be discriminated against for their uh, sexual orientation, um, their religious beliefs, blah, 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 blah. No, it doesn't say sexual orientation. It says sex. And then we have to define what that means. So are you okay over there? Yeah, sorry. So the, the issue that I have with this is that if you are already married... The state that doesn't have marriage equality on the books will have to acknowledge your marriage because it happened during a period in time in where the Supreme Court said it was legal. And they would have to recognize your benefits, both at a state level and at a federal level, but they won't issue any new marriage licenses going forward. So that means that, you know, people who want to get married may not be able to do so in a state, but then, you know, they still, once they marry in a state that has marriage equality, they can, you know, still have all the same benefits that they do today. You'll have, you know, the right to, to have a say in, for example, how your partner is treated at a hospital, right? Um, last rights and, and, and be able to speak on behalf of your spouse. Those are all protected at the federal level and states will still have to oblige with those laws. They just won't issue any new ones. Right. And then you simply go to another state and get married and then come back to your state and they still have to acknowledge your marriage. Mm -hmm. It's it's a clusterfuck. It's basically that they're going to end up doing if if Obergefell versus Hodge is overturned, they're basically doing what they did with. You know, abortion. Right. So I'm reading something right now that there are specific counties in which um, like, for example, Miami-Dade County in Florida you actually can, even if it is overturned, apply and get a marriage license. But what you're saying is that it wouldn't be recognized by the state just in that county. In whatever county or state decides that they don't want to recognize marriages going forward. But then the state could then say, no, Miami-Dade County, you can't do that. The state can. If the state, you know, if a county decides that they're not going to do it, if it's in, if it's a law in that state. No, if the county decides they are going to do it. They can, they, the state can challenge it. 
right? Because it's not constitutionally protected in their constitution. and They don't have a law on the books right. that says so. So the attorney general of that state can then sue the, the county, Miami-Dade. and or whomever, yeah. Right. But the thing is that what happens here is any state, so it also says here, for example, if any provision of this act or any amendment made by this act or any application of such provision to any person, entity, or government or circumstances is held to be unconstitutional, the remainder of the act or any amendment made thereby or the application of such provision to all other persons, entities, government, or circumstances shall not be affected thereby. And it also says that the person, if they feel that um, they are not being, let's say, for example, I live in Texas, I can get married there now, but I go to California and get married. Um, if I go back to Texas and Texas refuses to acknowledge, acknowledge that marriage, I can then file a civil lawsuit against Texas. Right. It is permissible at the federal level for us to do that. Well, that'll happen. Oh, of course it will. I mean, th- this is going to be there's going to be a lot of complex issues, but again, all this rests on whether or not the Supreme Court is going to overturn um, Ro- um, Roe v. Wade. They did that already. Um, <laughs> Obergefell versus Hodge. So it's 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 a it's it's a can of fucking pickles, really bad stale pickles. Yeah, that nobody wants to eat, and they're not crunchy. At all. So. Flaccid pickles, my friend. Flaccid? Flaccid pickles. <laughs> <laughs> and the fucking bill is over 300 pages long, so I'm just saying it's like. Oh. It's, a, it's a lot in the wording. And then the wording, <laughs> you know, the way it's the way it's put together, you know, if you right. don't really, if you're not really understanding of the way the it's set up, you know, right. in, in layman's term, it's not explained. So people are not going to sit there and try and figure it out. I know the second sentence you read out, I was like, what the fuck? What? Right. <laughs> it just, people don't have the time to sit there and read it and try to figure it out. And that's where they lose people. Mm-hmm. And you know who introduced the bill, which which was a little, like, I, I was a little taken aback. Not, not that there's anything wrong with him introducing the bill. The sponsor of the bill, the main sponsor was Gerald Nadler of New York. He represents District 10 in New York um, from a congressional uh, district. But there was a lot of co-sponsors that were... Um, Democrats, the majority of them were Democrats, but there are a couple of uh, co-sponsors that also were Republicans as well. And we made a mention two weeks ago of people signed on Mm -hmm. um, to have that bill come out of committee and go straight to a vote on the floor, which happened yesterday. Um, But it was just interesting that out of all people, I would have thought that someone who was more prevalent in defending, you know, Gay rights would have been the, the actual sponsor. I don't think I've ever heard um, Rep. Nadler um, speak in regards to gay rights at all in public or in. It was just interesting. Yeah, nothing negative. I mean, great. Well, I'm sometimes glad that you he find allies in the in the weirdest, right. you know, <laughs> out of the people you least expect. It sometimes. Well, I, 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 what I learned is that sometimes our our biggest allies are those that are lay. Love. Or go under the radar, yeah. right? And so that's also good as well. So anyway, beat that horse to a fucking pulp. Uh, moving on. Jay, do you have anything for us? No. Okay. Trish, you have something else? I think we can end on this. This is going to be a nice, you know, happy yeah. go lucky story. No? Yes? No? Mm. <laughs> Not good? So... Yeah, we can end on that. Fine, whatever. But <laughs> we have yet to mention Club Q. Yes. And I feel like we need to. That's Absolutely. right. Yes. Um, okay. You know, we are still dealing with this continual problem of gun violence. Mm-hmm. And once again, we had a horrific mass shooting mm-hmm. at Club Q in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Um and we lost what I still believe is five five individuals. Right, um, seventeen were injured, um, and there were some uh, heroes in the story, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to kind of give a moment to that because I think it's important for us to do that, um, especially because it affected our community um, directly and. 
um, I'm sure it plugged a lot of people into what we went through with Pulse. Right. Uh, agreed, 100%. Um, I can tell you that my nerves were at edge at the bar. Yes. Um, you know, um, thankfully, Dave was on point, no bags in the club um he was snatching book bags and no you can't walk in with that i need you to open your book bag and show me what's in there um because you know our bar is located right next to yale university and um so you get a lot of students that mm-hmm. go there all the time with book bags and books and god knows what not and this man was like no absolutely not uh, you know and i don't think that that's something that he ever um stopped doing because even when pulse happened we had police cruisers sitting in front of our bars for a good week before the owners were like, dude, nobody wants to come in the bar. You, you have to move your, 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 vehicle, your yeah. vehicles. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he ever stopped, but I'm grateful that we have someone um, that's watching the door with such diligence because it, it puts us at ease a little bit more. There have been situations. I mean, we live in a city like many other urban areas uh, and where things could happen, I've I've had we've had shootouts break out near the bar, and that man will lock the door and he won't let anybody out. Get he down! Will, he get down, get down on the floor, blah blah blah. And it's like he will put you in that bar and he will lock the doors, yeah. and he you have to literally kill that man to go through those doors if you want to get out of that bar. Yeah. Um, he's just that protective, and yeah. I'm thankful for the fact that he he's he's that way. Absolutely. Um, but back to Club Q, um, do they have the names of the victims um, and the story? I don't have the names, no. Okay. Um, so being that you mentioned it, and you know, my apologies, I, that completely slipped my mind, but um, we can look those up because I know... Got them. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so... So the six victims that they that we lost at uh, Club Q were Raymond Green, Vance, uh, mm-hmm. pronouns were he, him. Mm-hmm. Kelly, loving, pronouns were she, her. Mm-hmm. Daniel Aston, pronouns he, him. Derek Rump, uh, pronouns he, him. And Ashley. Uh, I'm going to say gonna screw the, Pew? Pew. Page, Pow. I'm sorry. P-A-U-G-H. P-A-U-G-H. Pauge. Pronounced Maybe, maybe it's Pow so, or... Yeah, sorry, no. Ashley. Uh, but yeah, those those are the six uh, known victims. Well, five. five. Jesus. It's okay. Five I know, victims. numbers are hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but you know, it's... it's We... I, I We can come up with something to you know honor yeah. um these and victims we yeah. and we will we've done it before um you know we we did extraordinary um readings um when pulse happened uh one of my most it's one of those segments that we did on the show that i really hold near and dear to my heart um and maybe it's time to um see if we can get certain people back on the show yeah so um, Angie, I'm gonna be reaching out to you. Fuck, we don't have Twitter anymore. Damn it. Oh, fuck. Uh, we'll have to find a way. We have emails. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, it happened and, um, it's sad and we need to, you know, be vigilant. Yeah, when shout out, shout out to the heroes that that yeah. jump into action. I know I, I've seen, and I think it was a father. It was that a was, dad that was there that with was, his daughter yeah, and, and her, wife, and her, his wife, his daughter, and her boyfriend. Right. Um, the boyfriend was one of the ones that was uh, that was one of the victims, um, and and he's ex-military, right? And I saw the interview on YouTube the other day. He was saying he just rushed the guy with the gun. He he didn't think about his own safety right. or what was going to happen to him. He just sprung into action. Yeah, they were doing a drag um, show yeah, that they, evening, they so they were there yeah, to watch. They were a drag doing a show. fundraiser, right. drag show fundraiser that evening. Um, so so um, you know, it's it's tough to hear the stories. Um, I don't know whether there's any actual um, truth to the fact that the shooter identified as non-binary, which has been mentioned. A I've couple been of seeing times. both, like yes. both not and um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but the, I, I mean, how the shooter identified, I don't think is 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 of 
of consequence, the person took five lives, yes, right? And true. we're not going to mention their names. So, I mean, how you identified, to me, it's like, fuck you. Absolutely. You literally took five lives and you made people, and again, our perceived safe spaces, feel like we can't I'm even safe. go to yeah. the only places we have where we can be ourselves. Absolutely. And, you know, and, you know, and it, it impacts the nation, not just Colorado, right. because, you know, it, it impacts everyone. I, I mean, right. yes, we, we did go out and, and uh, hang out a bit at the bar last week, right? Yeah. Prior to Thanksgiving. But you know, you're still paranoid. You're yeah. still watching your back. You're still right. watching who's coming in and, and, and you who's know, leaving. You one know? of the things that I noticed was because they had already been through this was some of the survivors from Pulse um, reaching out to yes. victims or people who were hurt and injured um, to show support. You know, sadly, um, one of the, the, the things that, that some of the victims from Pulse or, or some of the survivors from Pulse said to the survivors of Club Q was, you know, you're only going to get 15 minutes. Take advantage of it. Speak your mind. You know, try to make the biggest noise you can in those 15 minutes because when the limelight fades and when the news stops and when people stop asking and interviewing, it gets lonely. Recovery's hard. It's not easy. And you turn to drugs, depression sinks in. Um, you start, you know, going through PTSD and mm-hmm. that is a very, very lonely road. And some of the survivors from, from Pulse are now offering to be lifelong people who will walk with you in this path and sponsor right and and guide you um knowing that they share similar experiences um and it's it's just crazy you know that that's how we have to live life today yeah yeah unfortunately so thank you for bringing that up yeah so we'll scratch the last story we'll leave it there i think um out of respect, that's where it should end. Yes. Um, we will wrap up for today. So we're going to go ahead and pr- and go through our, our closing segments. And I'll toss it over uh, to Jay. Uh, wait. No, me. Trish. Wait. Mama Kim's minutes. Mama Kim's minute. Okay. Over to you, girl. All right, everybody. Here's Mama Kim's minute. Number one, Colorado Springs shooting suspected denied bail after first appearance in court number two magic johnson's touching story about embracing his gay son is absolutely perfect number three what the cast and creators of disney's strange world say about the film's gay team awesome all right and oh sorry (laughs) and it's time for jeopardy (laughs) and uh on this day in gay history November 30th, 2006, where South Africa, the first African country to legalize same-sex marriage. The Civil Union Act goes into effect in South Africa. South Africa becomes the fifth country in the world to pass marriage equality. So, Right, so Civil Unions Act. So in 2006, was it really a marriage? Was it really truly marriage equality or was it just a civil union? Well, it's a civil union. So. Come on, people. <laughs> but it's a step, a step in the right direction. Oh, of course. Especially, I mean, thinking about... In, in, in these countries where I know they're, you know, you could be killed. Right. It's still in this day and age. And to think nine years later, 2015, we had that landmark ruling from the Supreme Court in the U.S. Making marriage quality legal in all 50 states, which is currently... So it's interesting that this is our on this day in gay history when we were having such an in-depth conversation about how this new law, the Respect of Marriage Act, is going to truly impact all of us in different areas of our country. So, ladies and gents, uh, as always, thank you. Thank you for joining us on tonight's episode. If you love the show, make sure that you go subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting service. By doing doing so, you, um, you help us out, right? 
in, in ratings. And you also have an opportunity to get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your web browser or your device as soon as our episodes are published. You can also um, support us on Patreon, which allows you, our listeners, to support the show with a monetary donation. We collect those monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more. And we're certainly appreciative um, for your support. And um, that's all I have, Jay. And next week we welcome... It's all about the dish again, I guess. Because yeah. uh, does anybody do their job in here anymore? Ooh. <laughs> 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 Let me stop. <laughs> and I guess Tom is back to you. Burn, burn. And burn, now burn. here's Trish with uh, his weekly reminder. Well, bi-weekly in this case. For you bottoms out there who want to keep your buttholes on point, yes, we are talking about the future method. And I'm going to toss it over to her. Go, girl. All right, everybody. Get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. This first-of-its-kind doctor-developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser today. Yas queen. And remember, they have a powdered version now for travel for travel absolutely go girl powder packs and as always it's time to put a ring on it ring ring (laughs) ring And our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, on their audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. Nick, over to you. All right. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0. Email us at gaytalk2.0 at gaytalk20.com. Feels Tom. weird not having it does. Twitter yeah. on there. Right? It felt like I was missing something. Yeah. All right, Tom. Give it a try. If you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website. Click on the Contact Us tab. There you can... Um, you know, leave comments, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast or an individual host. You can also call us and leave us a voice message uh, with comments, questions, anything that you would like for us to answer for you on the show. Our phone number is 334-GAY-TALK. And if you need all those numerical digits, they are 334-429-8255. Don't forget that we do stream live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can access our live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. With that, ladies and gents, that is our show. Thank you, and y'all have a good night. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.